Welcome back to Money and Mental Peace. Is anyone else feeling the end of summer and the start of fall? Like, already pumpkin spice lattes are out. I have not gotten mine yet. I'm kind of still, like, half holding on to summer, but definitely into this fall vibe. We had summer storms. We had a couple of tornadoes come through near us. 70 mile an hour winds, power outages, and I was like, you know what? It feels like I'm back to school again. Like, I mean, now I do this job or this business, right? So it's kind of the same through summer to fall, but just I remember just the chaos of changing routines going into school. And so I feel like with having the power outages and then being sick, it's like, okay, I'm like hashtag relating to you guys going back to school and life feeling chaotic. And probably nobody says hashtag relating anymore but that's okay. I'm still in my 20s, guys. I promise. Okay, so today we have my friend, Emily McDermott, who, if you notice, she was on a previous episode that we did back in February, which became like up in the top 10 ever downloaded episodes. And like, we have to have her back on. So my question is, do you feel like you are overwhelmed and anxious about everything that you're juggling in college? We've been talking about money a lot lately, but this is the mental peace aspect of it. She has a number one question you're probably not asking yourself. And heads up, part of it ties into this phrase, being a lazy genius. And I got to tell you, I totally wrote that on my arm in Sharpie after our conversation because I wanted to remember that. If you're wondering what in the world that has to do with anything, keep listening to the episode. And if you're interested in joining us on this journey to have enough money and mental peace in college to get scholarships and pay for college without student loans, come on over into our Facebook group, the Christian College Girl Community. You want to have, I'm sure, other friends, community who's doing some of the same things. We post a ton of memes, to be very honest with you. And also, it's just a free place to post about your life, your situation, and get feedback from other students. And also me, like if you just have a random question, Hit me up over there in our Facebook group, Christian College Girl Community. It is in the link to, in the description below as well in case the name ever changes, but currently it's Christian College Girl Community on Facebook. Head on over there and let's get into the episode. Do you want guidance on where to go and what to study? Wonder if you should change majors? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for scholarships and ways to pay for college without parental help? Do you wake up worried about everything and just want to make sure you're following God's path for your life? Hey, I'm Kara. I too was a stressed college student looking for money and mental peace. I wondered if there were other ways to pay for college besides loans and wished for clear direction on how to make college and career decisions. Not only was I worried about drowning in debt, but also afraid I hadn't heard Jesus correctly. Was I studying the wrong thing? Was I completely off track? I felt semi out of control and was spiraling until I learned how to hear from God and follow his direction. He guided me and gave me the stepping stones to pay for college. Scholarships, grants, testing out of classes, and other weird school hacks got me through debt-free. And in this podcast for Christian college girls, you will learn how to find God's path for your college journey and how to graduate with no loans or debt. So grab your cold brew and TI-89 and listen in on the most stress-free and debt-free class you've ever attended. This is Money and Mental Peace. 
Hey guys, before we get started, I just wanted to do a quick disclaimer. Whoever I'm having on to interview next, I'm so glad that you'll get to hear all this great stuff they have to say. However, I want to clarify that all the opinions expressed in this interview are not necessarily mine. If you also you go choose to listen to the podcast or YouTube channel of whoever I'm interviewing. I am not necessarily agreeing with all their views or opinions. I just wanted to clarify that because you always need to pray and use discernment with who you listen to. Obviously, with listening to me as well, you need to do that to please, please use discernment and pray over if you should listen to them and their content. And if you should listen to me too, it applies to everyone. Thanks so much, guys. Let's get in it. Hey guys, so welcome back to Money and Mental Peace. Lately, we've been talking a lot about money aspect, but I really want to talk about the mental peace aspect of y'all being telling me you're overwhelmed and anxious and such because uh, last time we had an episode on this back in February of 2023, it was actually it's actually now the top like in the top 10 of my most downloaded episodes. It's top nine. So I'm like, we got to talk about this again. So today is a little different angle, but we're talking about with juggling everything in college, um, I have my friend on again, Emily, who's going to tell us about this number one question you're probably not asking yourself to basically help us reach this money and mental peace, right? So first off, I'm going to introduce Emily and say, hello, you live and breathe this stuff. Tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Well, hey, Kara, thank you for having me back. Yeah, I'm Emily McDermott, and I'm a wife. I'm a mom of two boys who actually, my youngest just started kindergarten. So that's very, very exciting. And I am the host of the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, where we talk about decluttering our homes, heads, and hearts. And I'm a declutter coach. I also write custom poetry for all occasions. I love peanut butter and I don't know going on walks and dancing and that's pretty much it. So I'm really, really excited to be here. I thank you for coming. I've been in walks a lot lately because it's August, but like where I'm living in Michigan now, it's so weird. We've had these like 70 degree days. I'm like, what is happening? But it's anyway, speaking of mental health, go for walks, right? I know that's been helping my mental health quite a bit. So I'm with you. So yeah, so we're going to talk about, um, oh, and I know your story and um, I'm wondering if briefly you can mention yeah. this on how decluttering helped declutter your mind that you could take steps to having a family, right? Like, yeah, totally. I know that's not where my girls are right now, but I guess we're more talking about the mental peace and like mind decluttering that can help us focus on what's most important, right? Yes, yes. And for me, it was that we were struggling to get pregnant and I didn't really understand the connection at that time between clutter and stress and anxiety. And I think that was maybe part of the reason that we were having trouble conceiving because of the impact of stress and overwhelm on your fertility. But of course, it has a whole other amount of, you know, physical effects that can happen, which I think we talked a little bit about that last time that I was on the show mm-hmm. and how it really impacts our our peace. It increases our cortisol levels. So for me, it was struggling to get pregnant, working full time, doing all the things and thinking like, oh my gosh, how am I going to make the physical and emotional space to conceive and have this baby in our lives? And so I discovered minimalism and simplicity and decluttering and started with the physical stuff. 
then moved on to the calendar stuff and then more into the mental clutter. And now two kids later, here I am, and I'm helping mostly moms, but actually people kind of of all seasons and walks of life help with uh, decluttering their physical space, but also those to-dos and the mental clutter, which is so prevalent, especially I know with the college students, that's a huge thing. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. So in this instance, it could be somebody that's like, I want to do well in school, or I want to actually feel like my brain can not like shut down, like, you know, pass out, but like shut down so I can sleep at night, you know, and relax. Or I want to feel like confident in the work that I have done through this day that I'll be able to get stuff done this week, not worry ahead about it. And I can go and like, have supper with my friends tonight and not be, you know, like want to be present, I think. Yeah. Where a lot of this comes down to. So my first question is if us out there in college are feeling overwhelmed and anxious about everything we're juggling, all the things, so much on our plates as a busy college student, you had mentioned this is a good thing about a question you ask yourself. Yeah. So what is this number one question that my students are probably not asking themselves that could help <laughs> relieve so much of this anxiety around juggling everything. Yeah, definitely. So the question is, what unnecessary decisions can I remove from my life? Mm -hmm. What unnecessary decisions can I remove from my life? And (laughs) the reason we're probably not thinking of that question is that we don't think a lot about the impact of the number of decisions that we make in a day and how that impacts everything else in our life. So supposedly, the number is 35,000 decisions a day wow. that we're making. I do not yeah. know how scientists come up with this. I do. Is that, is that even like what shoe I put on first yeah. or something? It just I think it's like everything. And there is a range, but from what I can tell um, from Google University, you know, <laughs> yeah, 35,000 is sort of the, the norm. And there's this concept of decision fatigue, which a lot of times you've maybe heard of decision fatigue, but that's the deteriorating quality of decisions throughout the day. So Mm -hmm. every decision that we're making, it drains our brain power, it drains our energy. And so by the end of the day, when you're exhausted and the last thing you want to do is have to think or make any sort of decisions, it's because your number of decisions is increasing in the day and then your energy and your brain power is going down. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the question I would ask, but there is sort of this connection between stuff and decisions and decision fatigue. So it does, in my opinion, kind of come back to what we are juggling. And I can talk a little bit about that if you like, as far as like how stuff and to do's and all of that factors into it. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I just want to acknowledge that's crazy. If someone thinks about how many decisions you're making and sometimes what I've tried to do is even like plan things out a few days in advance so the decision's already made. But like, we can't always do that. I understand. So yeah, how does this play out in real life? And also, um, how, whatever, however you just said that. So answering your own question as well as seeing how this plays out in real life. Yeah. So if you think about the amount of stuff that we have, and I always go back to our closets because that's sort of a universal concept that we're all getting dressed in the morning, unless you're living somewhere where you don't get dressed and you're probably not listening to the podcast then. But anyway, <laughs> um, there is a connection between the amount of stuff we have and choices between that stuff. So if I'm going into my closet, I'm picking out what shirt I'm going to wear. 
if I have like 10 shirts, that's going to be a pretty easy decision because I only have a limited number of choices, right? If I have 50 shirts, 100 shirts, they're all over the place, they're in drawers, they're hanging, they're over the back of my chair, they're on the floor, they're in the laundry, they're a million places. The decision is going to be a lot harder picking what to wear because of the number of choices that I have. And so the more stuff we have, the more choices we have to make between those things. And there's actually a concept in psychology called choice overload. And that is that in, especially the United States, we think about the freedom of choice. Like we don't want to go to a restaurant and they're like, we have hamburgers. (laughs) We're like, what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Where's all my choices? You know, we don't want just one possibility. But if we go to like Cheesecake Factory and there's like a novel book of options for what we could order or any place that has a huge menu that's like a book, you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many choices. Like, what do I choose? So, And you know, some- that's when a lot of people ask the waiter, what do you recommend? Yes. Because they want five or three options or something. Yeah, exactly. So some choice is good. And it makes us happy, but at a certain point when there's so many choices, our happiness actually decreases significantly. And Mm -hmm. then when we're trying to make a decision, let's just go pretend we're at the Cheesecake Factory and it's like, oh my gosh, I have like 50 choices for cheesecake. What do I choose? Well, we either have like analysis paralysis where we just can't make the decision or we make a decision and then we regret it immediately. We think, oh, maybe there was a better choice out there. And this plays into every part of our lives and every decision that we're making. We're second guessing ourselves or we're avoiding the decision. And so that is playing into that decision fatigue. So if you are waking up in the morning and you're taking like a whole day and understanding how this might work, you're deciding, do I snooze? Then you decide if you pick up your phone, am I checking my email? Am I checking social media? If I'm not, you go in the shower, maybe you have like five different choices of shampoo. You're picking what shampoo you want. You go to your closet, you know, you pick between your 50 shirts, you have 10 shades of lipstick, 50 shades of eyeshadow, like whatever. And so you get downstairs, what do I have for breakfast? Okay. I have like 15 options for breakfast or even in, you know, if you're in the dorms and you're going to the, (laughs) exactly. Even if you're going to, um, the cafeteria or whatever, there's like a million choices. What do I choose? And so then you're kind of like wondering why am I feeling so exhausted? And it's just the morning is because there have been all of these decisions. And so when we want to have the time and energy to focus on what is actually important, like our college schedule or finding scholarships or what is my job going to be or any of these things. We don't have the energy and the brain power to focus on what actually matters because we have wasted it on all of these unimportant decisions that have been impacted by all of these choices that we're making. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how that all plays out, that connection between too much stuff, too many choices, and then that decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Because I see it happening in life a lot too. And even, uh, like preparing things ahead of time. But, but also sometimes could we, uh, this was not in our notes, but can we speak? I just thought of this mm-hmm. <laughs> excitement. Could we speak to a different angle? I, first of all, I love that because I have felt that too. By the end of the day, you don't even want to decide 
like the littlest things. And then you have to take your time to do your homework and decide what your essay is on. And like, it makes sense. But sometimes on the other end, if you mitigate decisions, um, someone might feel like, um, like, well, I don't know what the future will hold. So I don't want to only eliminate the certain number of decisions. And Mm. so there might be anxiety around having less options because you want to be prepared. So, cause like, for example, what you're speaking on is some people who are just perhaps not organized or whatever, whatever. But then some people like me want to be so prepared that I have like all these (laughs) options and then I'm overwhelmed. So does this work for both sides of the coin kind of um and then I want to kind of tie that into the the last yeah. question we listed on our outline. Yeah, I think that um you have to kind of prioritize what you are deciding once about, okay? So what I mean by decide once doesn't mean that you decide once on something forever, but for a certain season you're going to decide once. And that could be on some of these things that you deem not as extremely important. Like if you are deciding once what you're going to have for breakfast three days a week, and you're going to have a smoothie Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you're like, okay, that feels good to me that I'm limiting my decisions about something that's not super important. Mm -hmm. And I can do that for first semester. And that's great. And then I can make a decision later. Um, So it can be about clothing, about food, about exercise that, you know, you're going to do your daily walk about some of the activities that you do like, okay, in the evening, I'm going to be spending my 15 minutes in my devotional, but that's what I'm always doing no matter what. And I'm just, I decide once that that's Mm -hmm. happening. So if you can do some of that or even like what drink you're getting at Starbucks and you're like, okay, this is just going to be the one drink that I get for a while. It doesn't mean that I can't ever drink anything else, but for the time being, this is what Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose. So kind of pick those things that you're willing to have things be streamlined in that Mm -hmm. way. And then if there's other things where you're like, no, I would really like to have the choice on this because it makes me feel more prepared to Mm -hmm. have options then for some of those things, you can choose to have options, but you're still streamlining the things that are kind of easy, kind of like that low hanging fruit Mm -hmm. of what's happening in your day. And I would recommend starting there with streamlining those decisions first. Okay, cool. So not that we're living our lives on feelings, but I think there is a point where you can do what you feel like. What I mean is like, if, if this feels like not a super important decision, but it's still bogging you down. You could practice with that one. Yeah. It's kind of what I'm getting you saying. And and like, or like to connect our decluttering episode before, um, which by the way, if anyone's listening, that was episode 167. So you can go back and listen to 167, but it sounds kind of like, um, well, I lost my train of thought when I turned over and looked at 167. See, that even happens in our <laughs> lives, right? You know how many tabs college students have open? That's my suggestion. Stop. Close yes. all your tabs. Um, I think what I'm trying to, oh, I know what it was. Um, when you talk about decluttering, start with something super like not like so deeply emotionally personal, like 
um, cleaning out your medicine cabinet of stuff that you don't even use anymore. Like there's yes. probably a ways that you could mitigate your decisions and this decision fatigue on things mm-hmm. that you don't care about, like super deeply is what yeah. I, would, I would think. And um, can you speak on that while I go mm-hmm. uh, plug my laptop in? Because it's really <laughs> dying. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Decisions. But yeah, I think that connects to the decluttering. That it does. About. You, you practice with easy stuff. That's not going to overwhelm you because that's the opposite yes. of what we're trying to do. Right. Yes. Yes. So when you are starting with kind of, again, the low hanging fruit, but just from your stuff and that's, you know, starting in your car, starting in your bathroom, going into your pantry, going into your refrigerator, getting all of that expired food, then that really helps kind of not only are you able to make decisions that are relatively easy because it's like, well, this is trash, you know, obviously I'm going to throw this away, but it does help you kind of clear that space. So again, you're making less decisions because another thing I think we talked about in my last um, interview was that when you look around your space Anything that's clutter, your brain sees as undone tasks. Okay. So if you're wanting to reduce the number of decisions that you have to make, clearing your area of clutter means that you're not going to look around and say, Oh, I have to wash this dish. Oh, I need to put that away. Oh, I need to check this. Oh, I need to do that because you're not having your brain see it as things that you have to do. Because you're having to make a decision about what you, whether you're going to do that or not. So I think definitely starting with that easy stuff to declutter and kind of having that sort of routine of decluttering on a regular basis, that's going to really help you regain that mental clarity. So then you can focus on the decisions that actually matter instead of all the little things, the tabs open in our brain that are like causing us to be distracted all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like, even now, I'm not saying I am the epitome of this, but <laughs> what I've learned is even like, like a, a quick want, run through of just kind of like straightening my stuff at the beginning of the day it makes me feel like in a better headspace. Or even earlier today, when I was making breakfast, I made it for tomorrow too, because like I do, I like to do stuff in chunks <laughs> that I don't yeah. think of it later. Now, I am not the uh, master of all this because still a lot of times I feel overwhelmed with like the confidence on my decision sometimes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I think that's probably practice. So can we kind of tie that in? I I guess my question is a little bit around confidence, but also our third question on like recommendations Mm -hmm. for us to streamline, streamline these decisions. And maybe you could even mention a little bit on, um, how to be confident that we're focusing on what we most need to focus on. Also, I just second guess myself a lot of the time. So at that point, <laughs> I just need to tell myself, you're doing great. Shut up, Kara. It doesn't matter that much which coffee you drink. So there's kind of a balance. Yeah. But like, how can we, what are the, what's the practicality? Um, basically, mm-hmm. this is a long question of the third point question okay. we talked about <laughs> in the email. <laughs> Yes, that's fine. So I think that in in regards to you were talking about um, kind of things that we're doing, like you're talking about kind of batching meals, for example. Mm -hmm. And there are some things in my kind of daily routines that I have just decided once that I'm doing. So not that I necessarily have to do laundry every day, for example, I wouldn't have to do that even with a family of four, but I'm choosing to have that be a daily habit so that I don't have to think about it. 
every single day, right? Mm -hmm. So there sometimes might be chores or activities or things where you're deciding once and it's not so much that you have to do it that way, but you're like, I'm choosing to do this so that I don't have to keep thinking about it all the time. So that's one way to streamline is to kind of look at your um, recurring chores or activities or things you said, like, like cooking, like, okay, so when I cook, I'm just always going to double every meal. And that's just what I do. And that way you can always have kind of that extra leftovers and so forth. Um, we talked already about I love kind of, leftovers. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting yeah, that, but if you okay. are college students <laughs> and don't embrace Tupperware leftovers, then that yes. is probably what your issue is because you get to the end of the day and you're hungry. You're like, what mm-hmm. am I going to eat? And I'm like, I already planned it out. Okay. Yeah. So if you're doubling the meals and you just know I'll always have that for the next meal or whatever, it's not exactly like the, oh, this is super interesting. Like things are just variety all the time, but no, you're trying to preserve your brain power and your energy for what matters. Mm -hmm. So you have to be smart about these other things that you still have to do, but -hmm. you don't want it draining your, your energy. So I think chores Mm -hmm. and those kind of activities Um, We already talked about like the clothing and the food and exercise and also, you know, this deciding once just kind of asking yourself, okay, what can I decide once? So I'm going to decide once that every Monday is grocery store trip day, or I'm going to decide once that this is the day that I go to the gym or whatever. So you can kind of plan some of these things in advance knowing Yes, things can shift. Yes, things come up, but I just don't want to think about it. So I'm just going to be deciding once on these things. Um, or I'm trying to think of what would what would be another thing, Kara, that might be applicable to your audience that you're like, well, this would be an area of stress. Well, I want to throw, I, I will answer that, but I want to throw this concept out there. A lot of my people listening are probably overachievers in this, but Basically, we are telling you to be lazy and the things yeah. that don't matter yes. by just deciding it so that you can use your overachievedness, whatever that word is, for like the most important things yes. is what I'm imagining you're saying, as well as even thinking of like the stuff that doesn't, I guess I would say it like this, the stuff, like if you look back a month ago, do you remember what you did between 9 and 10 a.m. on that Monday morning? Like probably not. So like mm-hmm. the, the, the less important things, let them be black and white. And yeah. then the important things like that project you're so proud of that you did a month ago, that can be in color. Like you can put your brain waves and energy to that, I guess yes. is what I'm thinking. So, um, I just want to throw that out there. And then a one point of, um, stressor, what you just asked me about could be like homework and like yeah. when to do homework versus also when to do homework versus like, my friends are done with their homework and I just want to go hang out. Like, I feel yeah. like that could be a stressor. Like, yeah, be- definitely. Um, I think that part of that might go to this concept of energy mapping and chronotypes, which I actually talk about in one of my episodes, which is your circadian rhythm personality, where you're figuring out like, where are my peak energy times? And if you Google chronotype, you can kind of figure that out, but it's based upon how we sleep and when um, our peak energy times are. So I know for myself that I am going to have my peak energy between like 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. So in as much as I can, I want to try to do my focus tasks there. And if mm-hmm. I can't, and if I don't have that choice, then I want to recognize that about, that about myself and kind of make it as easy as possible to say, okay, well, ideally I would be doing homework during this time 
But if that doesn't work because of my class schedule, then I'm going to kind of try to do like 40 minutes of focus. And then I go for a walk, you know, for 10 or 20 minutes. And if I know that my friends are frequently asking me to go out in such and such a time, how can I kind of look at my peak energy levels and times mm-hmm. and then audit my schedule and say, okay, I want to move this. So I have the flexibility to kind of go out with them, you know, if they ask. And I realize there are constraints. We can't always do the things we want to do when we have the most energy to do them. It's just not exactly. realistic. That's so but frustrating. Having, <laughs> it is, but having the awareness of when your peak energy times are, and then trying in as much as you can to put as many of those high functioning, high focus tasks in that spot would be um, really helpful. Um, just the other point, I listened to a podcast that's called the Lazy Genius Podcast, and her tagline is to be lazy about the things don't that don't matter and a genius about the things that do or something oh, like I that. Love that. So that's kind of we're encouraging you all to be lazy geniuses and also do some like self reflection so you can kind of hack your um, energy levels and really be able to say, okay, I don't want to be making these really tough decisions at like 10 o'clock at night because I'm having this decision fatigue. And also my peak energy levels are usually at like two o'clock or 10 AM or something. Mm -hmm. So if you're having to do these to do's or errands or homework, any of those things, see if you can shift it. And that should hopefully help you quite a bit. Oh, I love that. That's so good. And something I that had come up to for me lately too, if there for example, if there's somebody else like friends you want to hang out with or or whatever, even like being like, Hey, I like you a lot and I want to hang out when you're free. Like, what's your schedule? Like I've mm-hmm. been known to put my friends' schedules listed out in my calendar or something, and then I'm motivated to do my work when I ha- have the time or in my peak energy hours or something. Yeah. And that way you don't even have to try to decide that. Um, but I love that. That's so good. Well, those are all of my main listed out questions, but I generally ask people at the end, if there's anything else that you want to, um, first tell that what we've talked about and then also pitch us your podcast. Um, and I feel like we could still benefit from listening to your stuff because when I was in college, I also felt like I haven't been a mom and I don't want to like downplay the overwhelm that moms can go through actually caring for tiny humans, but just <laughs> feeling like to care for like not only work, but also school and also yeah. sleep and also some relationships and not only going to school, but then coming home and having to do homework. So it it almost gave me the idea of like, I feel like a mom, at least in the mm-hmm. mind pulled in all directions. So I think that we can benefit from your podcast yeah. from just like imagine your work is your work and school is your baby or something like you yeah. have to like keep it up, you know? So, yes. um, I love that. So kind of, uh, tell us a little bit about more about your show and anything yeah. else that you would like to say to encourage my listeners or kind of, you know, connect with of them. Course. Like, yeah, last bit of advice or whatever. Yeah. Um, by the way, I do listen to a lot of mom podcasts cause I feel like I totally relate when my mind is on so many things. <laughs> Yes. Well, I think that your listeners could definitely benefit because, for example, an episode I have coming out this week is about decluttering relationships, mm-hmm. setting boundaries. We talk about mental clutter. We talk about the physical clutter. So to do's, you know, time blocking, all of that stuff. Right. So it's definitely um, would be something I think they'd benefit from. And 
I think just remembering that our culture is always going to be telling you that you need to be doing the newest different thing, like always having all of this variety. And if you're doing the same thing all the time, then that's boring. And so a lot of times we feel like, oh, I have to be trying all these new things. I need to be buying new clothes. I need to be doing things that are different. But honestly, when we're trying to preserve our energy and our focus and all of these things, it's okay to be boring. (laughs) It's okay to be like boring in the best way possible, which is that you are able to decide once, have some of those routines and rhythms, and then you are freeing yourself up to pursue what is most important to you. So it's not like routine for the sake of being boring. It's routine so you can actually pursue like what God has put in your heart to do. And so Mm -hmm. I want you to just maybe think about um, your listeners, think about routines in a slightly different way, because I think that that will Mm -hmm. hopefully bless them. And then that way they can, you know, remove those unnecessary decisions. Yeah. So what I'm taking from the end of this is be a lazy genius is what I'm mm-hmm. going to do. I think I might need to go like write it on my arm or something for a while <laughs> because um, that is reminding us to, I love that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but this is how I'm going to remember and take from this is to be kind of black and white, lazy, boring about the stuff that doesn't matter too much. And then just be creative genius about the stuff that most matters. Yes. So. I like that. I, that's that wasn't in the notes that's what we come upon <laughs> oh cool well everyone um go on. oh actually tell us the name of your podcast yeah. again just as an ending no problem it's moms overcoming overwhelm anywhere you're listening to Kara you can find me cool cool well, love having you on and honestly you are one of the most beneficial to me interviewers because it like or interviewees because it like reminds me you know what I mean? <laughs> so My love to have you thank you emily <laughs> thanks kara bye bye hey girl okay so before you run off to calculus if this podcast has brought you any encouragement would you please write a review on itunes or take a screenshot post it in your insta stories and tag me Let's tell the rest of our stressed sisters that more money and peace can be attained outside of the conventional way of doing college. See you next time. Love and prayers, Kara.